You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Today on Ari Snapshots, we're chatting with Ari researcher Roberto Busi about his GRDC-funded Focus Farms project. The project was based in the Kwinana Port Zone in Western Australia, and it aims to demonstrate the value of growers testing for herbicide resistance. Firstly, how are you going, Roberto? Oh, I'm really good, Jess, and good to be here. Amazing. Okay, let's kick off and talk a little bit about this project. How did it come about? Well, it was a, an initiative started by the Regional Cropping Solutions Network, uh, where a group of growers identified weeds and herbicide resistance as a challenge that needed some attention. And so, as most of our uh, listeners would know, herbicide resistance is an issue that keeps evolving, keeps changing, and uh, basically needs continuous monitoring. So GRDC then decided to invest some extra resources uh, in this specific area of research. Okay, great. And can you give a little bit more detail into what you were looking at and why the Quinana Port Zone was chosen for this project? In this study, we had to identify what we define as champion growers, champion host farmers that, uh, and their agronomists. So we would be happy to be a focus farm. And so growers were then interviewed to understanding their perception of herbicide resistance in their farm and understand a little bit more about their program, their crop rotation, their uh, collection of spray records and their biggest weed problem, the challenge of weeds. And so it turns out that the biggest weed issue they had was ryegrass and I focused then the entire study on that uh, one species. And then, yeah, I personally collected ryegrass seeds from two problematic paddocks in uh, nine different farms and tested for resistance to uh, eventually about 15 different herbicide options, tried to cover uh, the knockdowns and then the pre-emergent herbicides and then uh, you know, the selective post-emergent herbicides. And then the, the aim was to reinterview those uh, farmers and the agronomists to explain them, to supply them with the results. And the idea was here to have growers fully involved because then they should have, have explained and presented those results to other growers in uh, workshops at the end of the study. And we had those workshops uh, organized in just in March uh, 2019, just before the sowing. Okay, and so Roberto, what did growers in the Kunana Port Zone think about herbicide resistance testing? Well, it uh, was good to see that uh, growers have a good perception of herbicide resistance in general. And that is because they have been managing weeds and dealt with resistance for a long time. So they are definitely fully aware of it. It was also good to see that in general uh, growers and consultants kept good spray records. You know, every grower that uh, was surveyed had at least five years of uh, spray records and they provided me with that. And they had very good idea and understanding of what was the history of herbicide use in each paddock. But there is always a bad, there is always a sort of controversy in everything we do. But anyway, almost in, in all situations, I, I could see that there was always, when I did the testing, it's always something that was unexpected, something that uh, an issue developing that grower could not fully have 
predicted and in, in actual fact nobody could have predicted no myself doing the test or the agronomist that was uh, giving consultancy and so and that is because of i believe the very nature of herbicide resistance evolution which you can only predict a part of it and at any time anytime you make an assumption basically you are a bit of a risk because you know you are at risk of making a mistake or a false prediction if you believe that you have resistance and so you may miss on, on an opportunity because you, you won't spray a, a, a certain herbicide or you assume that you don't have resistance and and therefore you make a mistake because you use a herbicide that then is not effective Okay, so what were the results from herbicide resistance testing in this region then? Well, again, I could talk here for for six months on the podcast, but in, in synthesis, in, in summary, the study showed really the great value of using herbicide mixtures and double knocks. Uh, for, I, I believe, the first time, and I, I may be wrong, but to the best of my knowledge, for the first time, I've seen results and I did test for resistance to single herbicides, but also importantly to resistance to herbicide mixtures because there is a widespread use of herbicide mixtures and I really wanted to test whether there is resistance already developing to those mixes. And uh, yeah, the results were clear and show that mixtures are robust, whether they are mixtures of pre-emergent herbicides or post-emergent herbicides and how little resistance there was to those uh, mixes. And so if I can add to that, to give a bit more of the background, you know, there were initially nine growers, nine farms, as I said, but then when I ran all these uh, regional workshops, which were in one in Wikipedia, one in Cooling and one in Meckering, Basically, there was a big turnout, more than 100 growers participated in total, and, uh, and many growers, because of word of mouth, uh, they took more samples to test. And so I ended up with basically an additional 100 samples of ryegrass, which I tested, and uh, I tested to, again, a full range of herbicide options, about 20 herbicides. It took me quite a bit of time over, uh, basically, at the end of summer and uh, just basically finishing off uh, these days. And yes, well, based on what I've seen on those 100 samples, basically uh, I can conclude that as we stand in 2019, resistance to post-selective herbicides is very widespread, you know, a high level of survival to the point that I see little scope of keep testing for those uh, herbicides unless you have a specific situation where a grower really wants to know whether a post-selective would work. But a very much different uh, situation where I tested for pre-emergent herbicides because overall they work really well and there is little resistance. However, there is always there is difference between them because there are many herbicides pre-emergent. And uh, one thing that came quite outstanding was that uh, there was quite a bit of resistance to trifluorine, for example. Trifluorine resistance is, is not low anymore and it, it is raising and growing and climbing. And in my opinion, it would, you would have trifluorine resistance with different level of survival across uh, the whole WA in 50% of the fields. And we were used to a figure of around 20%. So that was something that really stood out. Yeah. And yeah, well, to finish off with the knockdowns and the most important is, of course, glyphosate. I believe that glyphosate, based on what we knew from those random services that Ari has been uh, running for the last 15 years, 
uh, glyphosate resistance remains low. I would make the call that is about on 10% of the paddocks. And uh, for example, across all these 100 plus samples that I tested, I only found high level of glyphosate resistance in 5% of the samples. Okay, yeah, that is really interesting. And so with all this information that you've gathered, how should growers utilize herbicide resistance testing information like this? How should they use it? Well, I really think that herbicide resistant testing is the real first step towards integrated weed management. And uh, I explain in a minute because I see as uh, an essential point where you gain lots of knowledge and that knowledge, it is important to basically start, and I'm quoting here Peter Newman, the difficult conversation with a grower to understand that herbicides are great, you know, they are highly effective, it's easy to apply them across large areas, but they are precious and they need to be used wisely. And we keep repeating that. And yeah, wisely and with wisdom, and wisdom comes with knowledge. And, uh, you know, here I, I go philosophical, but <laughs> it is really, you know, important to realize that. And you can only know how important they are and how well they work if you do uh, work with them and you do a proper test of resistance. So at the present, uh, you know, the adoption of uh, herbicide resistant testing is, is not very high. Uh, we believe that is about 1% to 2%, maybe 5% of the growers. And in terms of paddocks tested is, is very little. It's like 0.1, You know, in WA only we would have 50,000 paddocks to test. And, and maybe every year we, f- we test for 500 at, at the very best with all the service providers that are across Australia. And so... There are many reasons why adoption remains low and, and uh, I, I believe that, well, for example, in, in Australia there are two recognized centers that do excellent uh, herbicide resistant testing, but there are only two and all of them are over east and so none of them, for example, is based in, uh, in WA and that could be a factor, you know, that, that there are other factors, logistics coming into play and... Uh, and then, you know, it is basically, it was one, one issue that we discussed uh, quite a bit at, the, at those workshops in why, you know, growers don't test enough as they should do. And so, yeah, I, I will keep discussing about those issues to, to, to learn and understand, understand a bit more why and what it should be done to boost the, the adoption of testing. And so I believe that, you know, for example, a presence in WA, a physical presence would be beneficial to the industry. And, and again, I could see uh, about the, the, the value that you can give back to, to growers. And, and it's all about that. And, uh, you know, it, and again, it is not just a matter of playing, doing research. You know, it's not just a matter of, of doing a test. Uh, that's, that's easy to be done and it's easy to, to be organized. But it also comes into play a, a bit of human component. For example, I could see that uh, there was more efficiency and the, the, the test was more effective when the, there was good communication between myself and the consultant, agronomist or the grower. And uh, when that happened, you know, first of all, I had good information from the grower, what he was expecting, what failed maybe in the field. And so I was paying more attention. And then not only I was paying more attention, I was actually you know, squeezing my brain to kind of come up with a potential solution that could have worked. I was really into the part of the discussion of what should then the grower have used uh, to control weeds, to manage weeds. And so, yeah, I was fully involved. And uh, and I tried also to share on Twitter uh, 
the most useful sort of results from this study. So again, the more interaction there is, the more powerful and useful the test uh, will be. And yeah, and so I ended up in testing, as I said, uh, 20 herbicides across many samples. And, uh, and that was very powerful because when I gave back uh, the results to the growers, sometimes, you know, 10 minutes after I received a call from the grower itself. Yeah asking me, well, uh, I'm about to sow this paddock in two, three days. What should I be spraying? Do you think that uh, this particular herbicide or herbicide mixture would work? And, and I was prepared to sort of discuss. I was all, only worried about the resistance issue, but because I tested so many options, then I could give, I believe, a really good feedback. And so, yeah, the, the, the whole extension experience, the whole research experience was, was for me personally, very rewarding. And uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that uh, the growers that were involved uh, as uh, host farmers or, or the one that then came to the workshop are really now appreciating a bit more about the good value of resistant testing. So, yeah, concluding, because otherwise here we, we, we spend a lot of time talking about this. In, I, as, I, as I said, it was one of my best uh, attempt to do with research. And uh, yeah, well, there will be a, a booklet that, that GRDC will publish. We are still uh, in the draft uh, process of it. And that will include all these case studies. And so, again, there will be a, a, some something to read and, and see what then the grower change based on upon the results that he received. And so, yeah, again, very good experience. And uh, yeah, again, thank you to GRDC for providing the, the funding for this research. And thank you to you, Roberto, for sharing your experience with us and the results that you got from uh, this project. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Jess. You know, it, it was a very uh, focused, short uh, period of time, but very intense. And uh, yeah, I, I had, I learned a lot and I hope that all the growers and consultants in, in which I, I was in contact with, they also you know, appreciate a bit more about the value of this research. Definitely. And make sure you're following Roberto and Ari on Twitter. I'll provide the links within the podcast so that you can keep up to date with all the information that will come out in the future from GRDC in the booklet as well. So thank you very much. <laughs>